Welcome to The Breach, a Charlie Mike podcast. I'm Ty Braxton, and I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen in today. We're a group of Christians that discuss issues surrounding us today and how to build our faith and strengthen our walk with the Lord. We want to provide you with tools so that you can Charlie Mike. Charlie Mike is better understood as continue mission, and we want you to be able to Charlie Mike in your own mission field. Let's get started. Welcome to The Breach, Season 3, Episode 11, and tonight's topic is Under the Influence, the Reality of Demons. Last topic for episode 10 was death to self. We labeled it three body bags and we discussed a lot of how the devil will try to pervert the things of God. And when the devil tries to pervert something, we can be influenced by those things and come into agreement with it, even though we might think it's innocent or we're not doing anything wrong. God's creation is the target, so it can be manipulated by the enemy. So we can come into agreement with it. We see how the enemy has done this with the rainbow, a promise of God. And he has made it unholy, but we must reclaim it. We see the skull. It's the house for our gates where the helmet of salvation sits. That's a symbol of where our path of salvation went through, the place of the skull where the cross was planted. It's a symbol of death to self, which is a part of sanctification. The skull is also a militant symbol of driving out the forces that create bondage and slavery and bringing the violence necessary to bring forth freedom in Christ. But as I walk through many stores around this time, the end of summer and the beginning of fall, I see skeletons and skulls. It's a creation of God that's been perverted for the use of darkness and it's a celebration of death and i'm not talking about the death to self which we were just discussing in the last episode but it's representing the death from body bag one which is the separation of god because they are being used as a tool of agreement to the devil and his practices The rainbow and the skull must be reclaimed just as we are to reclaim unbelievers. They are creations of God, and God loves them and wants them to be brought into the family and brought into fellowship with him. So how do we reclaim people? We drive out demons. And this isn't limited to unbelievers because many believers are walking around and dwelled with spirits of evil because they have not welcomed in the Holy Spirit and have come into agreement with unholy things. The question is, which spirit are we filled with? I'm going to break down the demonic topic the best I can in this episode, but I want to start off by saying this. Jesus confronted demons everywhere he went in his ministry, and as soon as the Holy Spirit fell on him, he was led into the wilderness to confront the devil. And why is that? In 1 John 3, 8, it says, This is why he came, the Son of God, was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus didn't shy away from dealing with the demonic, and neither should we. Now, I've had people roast the church that I attend because demons show up. And the reason demons will show up in some churches is because demons want to gain ground so they can 
influence a change in the way we're doing things. If we're being obedient to God, they don't want that. They want to change that. And the reason they aren't in many other churches is because many other churches aren't a threat to the kingdom of darkness. So there's no need for the enemy to give any attention to the churches where demons aren't showing up. In Mark 1, we see Jesus in the synagogue the church. And these demons are showing up and they're manifesting and Jesus is casting them out. But it doesn't stop there. He goes to the other synagogues or churches and he continues to cast them out. So that's scripture. That's Bible. So there goes the argument to cover up the complacency of many churches walk. So lukewarm Christians will always find excuses to do less. If you have listen to any prior podcasts, you'll know that I'm a student of uh, the ways of war and a student in the ways of my enemies. This confuses um, the nonviolent, lackadaisical civilian. Just like many Christians will say that knowing how the devil works and understanding the ways of darkness, it just glorifies the devil. And there are people who argue about deliverance. And deliverance is the very message of the gospel that pulls you out of body bag number one, separation from God, and puts you into body bag number two, a death to self. But the problem is many Christians don't want to die to self because it's uncomfortable. But Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, if you don't know about the warfare of the enemy, the devil has the advantage because you aren't familiar with the way that the enemy works. So by default, he has an advantage because he's, he knows how Jesus wants you to work. In Mark 16, it says the first sign of a believer is he will cast out demons. And guys, I didn't write the Bible, so don't be mad at me. Matthew 28 says Jesus tells his disciples, obey everything I've commanded you. Cast out demons, preach the gospel, heal the sick. Matthew 10, he commanded the 12. In Luke 10, he commanded the 12. Mark 16, he commanded all believers. It is not a spiritual gift because it's not listed in the gifts. And it's not paired to a specific office like evangelist or prophet or teacher or pastor. This is a call to every believer. The first time the Bible mentions the fame of Jesus being spread is after he casts out a demon. And I heard Isaiah Saldivar say, we sing about making Jesus famous, but don't want the thing that made him famous in the Bible. The very thing he calls all believers to do. You know, and I think that's the problem. Uh, we leave out things in the Bible we don't want to be held accountable for. So Isaiah Saldivar also said, the devil wants to conceal this ministry because he doesn't want believers confronting him. The devil's running unchallenged because nobody wants to confront him because they are taught to be afraid. Now we see in Luke 11 that the way you establish Jesus's kingdom is by first destroying Satan's kingdom. Now I saw a quote somewhere about um, how sin today is called disease. And I really think that's so true because many people, when they're dealing with sin in their life, demonic activity, uh, 
they they want to get counsel or they want medication for it. And that's not the way Jesus handled things. Now, there's a lot of confusion on uh, possession. And you can have a demon without being possessed because being possessed implies ownership. So I don't believe a Christian can be possessed under the ownership of the enemy. But I do believe that demons can dwell within a believer and they can influence a believer without possessing them. And supporting scriptures for this is uh, Mark one thirty nine, Mark 16, John 13, Acts 5, Acts 4, 1 Peter 5, 1 Timothy 4, which actually talks about what we're actually witnessing today, about many Christians will depart from the faith because of deceiving spirits. We see it in Matthew 12, which we will discuss shortly. Mark 7, 24, Matthew 15, 21, Luke 13. Galatians is in fact a letter from Paul to the church of Galatia, to believers, and it discusses witchcraft, which is led by demonic activity. It still blows my mind how people think witchcraft is a fairy tale and it's not real and it's innocent because of what they've been given through movies and cartoons and things that are influenced by demonic activity. You know, well, many just have lazy spirits because they won't pick up their Bible and read about the very thing they don't think is real. But at the same time, they say they believe the Bible. To add to all these other scriptures, we see 2 Corinthians eleven four, a different spirit, a different Jesus, a different gospel, and many Christians will be happy with it. And the reason they're happy with it, and it's so popular today, is because there's no action required, no repentance or accountability. This is the problem with many megachurches. And I'm not saying every megachurch, obviously, Uh, I'm saying the ones that don't want to talk about hell or sin or death to self, because what those churches offer is what the unregenerate heart already wants. Health, wealth, success, all the things that are temporal, material, and perishing. Therefore, becoming a mouthpiece for Satan, because Satan's message is all about self. Just like in the garden, it leads with corruption selfishness and pride, leaving out how wicked and vile we are and not calling those who don't know God enemies of God and that they're in need of repentance. And and Christians are still in need of repentance daily. Don't think that Christians are perfect. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there are many churches that don't want to talk about that because it doesn't build the, the numbers. But they will preach, oh, God loves you and wants the best for you. But since our focus is on self, Our influence tells us that comfort is what God wants for us. So, demonic spirits. So, uh, number one, demons are spirits. In Matthew 12, we see when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. And I think today we have a very wicked generation. So we could see a demon leave. But if we we aren't filled with the Holy Spirit and aren't living uh, a life of sanctification, we're inviting that spirit to come back with seven more spirits that that are worse off than the first one. You know, we we also see in Matthew 12 that demons are Satan's emissaries. And 
it was kind of humorous reading this scripture because we see the Pharisees call Jesus uh, like demon possessed or uh, emissary of the devil. And that doesn't really make any sense because if Satan, like if Jesus is Satan and he drives out Satan, that means he's dividing himself against himself. How can Satan's kingdom stand if he's driving out his own demons? That doesn't make any sense. And it says, and if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people drive them out? So then they will be your judges. Number two, they are capable of entering and controlling both men and animals. In Mark 5, we see Jesus get out of the boat. There's a man with an impure spirit and He's coming from the graveyard, from the tombs to meet them. And it says nobody could bind him, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore his chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. So here we see they needed Jesus's permission. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. And, and, we also see here that demons seek embodiment without which apparently they are powerless for evil. So that's why we need to really guard our gates and guard our homes and our families. So we don't come under the influence in Matthew 12, what we spoke about earlier. Once again, we see that demons are seeking embodiment. They, they want to go inside of a person and if they, they leave and they don't find another person, embodiment, they'll come back with more spirits. So we need to keep our house in order, but filled with the Holy Spirit. Number three, demon influence and demonic possession are distinguished in the New Testament. Matthew 4, 24, it says news about him spread all over Syria and the people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed those having seizures and the paralyzed and he healed them. Matthew 8, 16, when evening came, many who were demon possessed were brought to him and he drove out the spirits with a word, with a word, literally that's that, that right there amazes me and healed all the sick. The account in Mark is the same mention in, uh, Matthew, uh, eight with the, the man living among the tombs. Matthew 8.33, those tending the pigs ran off. This is what happened afterwards. They went into the town and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And in this story, we see that the people were mad and they wanted Jesus to leave. Why would they want that? Because they didn't want the change that Jesus brought because they were under the influence of something else. In Matthew 9, 32, it says, while they were going out, a man who was demon possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. Matthew 12, 22. Then they brought him a demon possessed man who was blind and mute and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. 
I mean, we see this in Mark one thirty two, Luke eight thirty six, and in Acts eight seven it says, "For with shrieks and pure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed." Acts sixteen sixteen. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. Sound familiar? People go to tarot card readers or psychics. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. So number four is demons are unclean, sullen, violent, and malicious. Once again, we see the story in Matthew eight twenty eight with the man living in the among the tombs. Matthew 9.33, it says, And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. Matthew 10.1, Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Matthew 12.43, When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Matthew 1.23, Just then a man in their synagogues who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out. Mark one twenty three, we see an impure spirit in the church. Uh, Matthew 9.17 says, uh, A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Math, uh, Mark 9.20, So they brought him when the spirit saw Jesus and immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. In Luke 6.18, we see impure spirit. In Luke 9.39, we see convulsions, foaming at the mouth. In number five, they know Jesus as most high God and recognize his supreme authority. So once again, we see this in Mark and Matthew 8. The demons ask permission to go into the pigs. In Mark 1, 23 through 24, it says, Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Acts 19, 15, One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you? And this was dealing with the sons of Sceva. In James 2.19, it says, You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So what this is saying is, we see many people that say, Oh, I believe in God. Like, that's their salvation. Because they go to the scripture, you know, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And that word believe in Hebrew really means follow, which means you need to follow Christ, not just, I mean, they believe in God like they believe in George Washington. Oh, I believe that George Washington exists. So what? That doesn't mean anything. The demons believe. So you're no better than the demons if you just believe it in your headspace. Number seven, they inflict physical maladies. So we've seen this with the the mute, um, the deaf, the blind. We also see it in mental disease. However, mental disease is to be distinguished from the disorder of mind due to demonic control, due to that influence. Number eight, demonic influence may manifest itself in religious asceticism, degenerating into uncleanliness. In 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 3, the Spirit clearly says that in latter times, 
Some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such things come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. So people will do these things and not feel bad at all. They'll say it's innocent. Oh, there's nothing wrong with it. So they're being taught by demons that there's nothing wrong with it and to follow it. And they have no conscience about it. Number nine, the sign of demonic influence in religion is departure from the faith. That is the body of revealed truth in the scriptures. And I feel like number nine and number eight go together. Number 10, the demons maintain a conflict with Christians who would be spiritual. So Ephesians 6, 12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The Christians resources are prayer and bodily control. Matthew 17, 21. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And since the demons maintain a conflict with Christians, this is why we're instructed in Ephesians 6 to put on the full armor of God. So we need to have self-control. That is that is a key thing to remember when we are dealing with demonic influence. Number 11, all unbelievers are open to demon possession. It says in Ephesians 2, 2, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Number 12, exorcism in the name of Jesus Christ was practiced for demon possession. In Acts 16, 18, it says, she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left. So, I mean, exorcism, we see that in like movies a lot and, you know, where it's talked about and especially in Catholicism. But I mean, this is just casting out demons. Number 13, one of the really awful uh, features of the apocalyptic judgments is which this age will end up is an emergence of demons out of the bottomless pit. And we see that in Revelation 9. Now that we've gone over those 13 points, I, I want to go over the realm of spirits. And the Bible gives strict instructions against delving into the realm of spirits. In Leviticus 19.31, it says, Do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 26-7. through I will set my face against anyone who turns to mediums and spiritists to prostitute themselves by following them or being influenced by them. And I will cut them off from their people. Consecrate yourselves and be holy. Self-control. Because I am the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord because of the same detestable practices the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. We see all of this going on in the occult. We see child sacrifice, even adult sacrifice. We see witchcraft, spells, curses are a big thing. We see interpreting omens like the Zodiac stuff, um, sorcery. 
God is against any form of spiritism, fraudulent or real. This is in First Chronicles 10. We see Saul, uh, he died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance and did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. So when he went to this medium, uh, we see that the woman was expecting to contact the woman was expecting to contact a demon, you know, posing as Samuel. So when the woman asked, whom shall I bring up for you? Saul said, bring up Samuel. But to, And this is what proves that it was actually Samuel. It wasn't a demon posing. To her amazement and terror, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out at the top of her voice and said to Saul, why have you deceived me? You are Saul. So God actually permitted Samuel to appear to her and give a message of doom to Saul. The text clearly states that it was Samuel. So Samuel says, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul replies, I'm in great distress. The Philistines are fighting against me and God has departed from me. He no longer answers me either by prophets or by dreams. So I have called on you to tell me what to do. And Samuel said, why do you consult me now that the Lord has departed from you and become your enemy? Immediately Saul fell full length on the ground, filled with fear because of Samuel's words. His strength was gone for he had eaten nothing all that day and all that night. So no agent of Satan uh, could have given this message so clearly from the Lord. And in first Samuel 28, 17, it says the Lord has done what he predicted through me. The Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands and given it to one of your neighbors to David. Now the passage does not say that the woman brought up Samuel from the dead. The incident gives no support to the false contention of spiritists that they can speak with the dead. We do not have access to the dead, but communicate with spirits posing as persons who have died. Thus, these spirits are called lying spirits. A good example of lying spirits is found in 1 Kings 22. They're trying to find a way to get Ahab to go out and meet his death pretty much in battle. And... A, a spirit comes before God and says, I will entice him. So God says, by what means? And the spirit says, I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all his prophets. He said, and God replies, you will succeed in enticing him. Go and do it. We need to remember that Jesus said it is finished. He never said we are finished. The devil wants us to think there is nothing more for us to do. So what influence will we be under? Will we be under lying spirits and live separated from God? Or will we listen to the Holy Spirit and live in fellowship with God? If you haven't surrendered your life to Christ and are ready to come to God, we at Charlie Mike would like to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. But first, we want to be clear. Praying a sinner's prayer is not a ticket into heaven. These are not magic words. You must follow Christ and live for him. You cannot receive salvation by your own merits, but by what Jesus has already done. Ask to receive the Holy Spirit to be filled and experience what God has for you. 
You will not live the same life and you won't be able to keep Jesus to yourself if you become a Christ follower. 1 John 2, 4 tells us that the one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. Those commandments are to love God and to love others. If you love God, you will follow him. And if you truly love others, you will want others to experience God and give their lives to him as well. So if you are ready to pray, pray this. God, I ask for forgiveness. I believe Jesus died for me and nothing I have done wrong is too great for the power of his blood that was shed for me. I am ready to forsake the world and live a changed life because I realize how much you love me. I love you and am ready to live for you. If you made the decision to surrender yourself to God and follow Jesus, I encourage you to spend time daily with him in prayer, reading his word and worshiping him for who he is. Much will be revealed to you in this time with him. Be a part of a community of believers who grow in the fullness of God's word and join a church that does the same. Get involved and stay accountable with each other. Also, please let us know that you made this decision by emailing us at charliemike.me at gmail.com or message us on Facebook at facebook.com slash charliemikeinternational.